I think what you'd probably find is the second guy gets the bigger check at the end because he knows all the mistakes that the first guy has made and he's ironed out most of them. Um, I think the ability to see it early and to be in there early is very helpful and you'll either become a joint or you'll become an acquisition target one or the other. Welcome to a new season of the Digital Irish Podcast, a show about Irish innovation with interviews with entrepreneurs, innovators, creators, global leaders. This show is brought to you by the Digital Irish Network, a not-for-profit organization whose mission is to promote Irish innovation, innovators throughout the world. I'm your host, Dave Byrne. On this episode, you'll hear my chat with Pat Phelan. Pat is revolutionizing the beauty industry by building a new brand, Sisu. And today you'll hear all about his career and about how Sisu is revolutionizing the beauty industry. already know about Pat Phelan through his presentations at industry events like TechCrunch, Disrupt, Wired Money, and the Web Summit. He is a serial entrepreneur building and selling a number of companies in the telecoms and software space, including Trustev and Cubic Telecom. He is recognized as one of Europe's most influential software innovators. He's an investor and advisor to a number of organizations. After spending some time in New York, he is now back in Ireland after four years. And his latest project is building a global beauty brand called Sisu. That's amazing. Thanks. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a great road. We did a recent fundraising from a number of uh, VCs, Bullpen, uh, Great Croft out in New York, people like Dan Coyley, Liam Casey, Gangels, who you, you, you know, you'd know yourself. Um, and uh, we're now ready for scaling. And one of the things we didn't announce, so an exclusive to you, uh, we bought in a property partner as part of this round. So uh, as part of this round, we have our first 20 clinics already paid for. So we're now going to move rapidly. And uh, one of our goals would be to have the first five clinics uh, in the USA opened by July. That's incredible. So July of next year, the USA, specifically Florida, is going to be uh, the, the hub for CSU then moving forward. Yeah, and, and certainly um, Southern Florida. And we'll scale upwards from there places like Dallas, Atlanta, and then move towards the, the colder climes. <laughs> Amazing. Well, Florida, Florida must be a great one. I imagine like the, especially Southern Florida, Miami area, there's a lot of people that are obsessed with beauty and making sure that they look perfect 100% of the time. 
Exactly. And I suppose maybe you're not aware, but there's a dramatic move of tech from the Valley to Miami happening at the moment. I think the first one was a great friend of mine, Shervin Pichavar, who was uh, the founder of Menlo Park Ventures, first investor in Uber, first investor in a number of the the household names that you see today. So he's now down there and he's kind of pulling tech down there. Keith Rabot just moved down there. So what you're seeing is you're seeing uh, tech springing up down there, but being very politically aligned. So, you know, I called out to Shervin, hey, Shervin, we're going to open in Miami. And all of a sudden, I had an introduction to the mayor, introduction to the senator. Uh, and, and I think they really see that there's a great opportunity to bring startups down there as well. That's amazing. So you're really getting in right on the cusp of uh, Florida really taking off as like an innovation hub. Absolutely. And then there's a great Irish community down there. Um, my friend Mary Rogers is the general manager of the Fontainebleau. Uh, Sarah Lucy from Cork is head of talent at Live Nightclubs, um, which, you know, is Dave Grootman, who owns Swan Komodo, all these really high-end restaurants. He owns those with Pharrell, the rapper. So I'd have good, a good network already established there. That's incredible. Well, congratulations. That is amazing news and uh, great news before the end of this year. I mean, it's been a a crazy year. So that is fantastic to hear uh, that kind of growth uh, before 2021. That's amazing. Um, So I actually want to like, I want to take us back as like, you know, you have, we've just talked there about the fact that you're, you know, on the cusp of like, uh, establishing yourself in Florida as establishing CSU in Florida on the cusp of it really taking off as like a tech hub. Um, but looking back over your career, one of the things that I've noticed like with like some of your uh, tech and software companies previously, like uh, Cubic and Trusev, you've always seem to have a knack for pinpointing like trends that are happening before they become mainstream. So like uh, the uh, fraud in e-commerce with Trusev, like what advice or would you give somebody that's, that's looking to identify the next trend or opportunity? Well, I suppose really I read, I read like crazy. I probably look at a thousand blogs a day. Um, I watch the markets, FT, Wall Street Journal. So I'm kind of curve early or I find, I think the key to this is finding teams. And, you know, you can see, you know, I've just done an investment in Viv. It's health is next. Wellness is next. You might've seen the Peloton numbers today, 3 million subscribers at 30 something dollars a month, which is just insane. Wanting to get to 10 million subscribers a month. So it's, but it is, it can be a very lonely road because, you know, I remember we were in Cubic and we had just started on IOT and that's like 10 years ago. Whereas you can imagine IOT was a lonely road to paddle 10 years ago, as was e-com fraud when people were going, What's fraud? <laughs> how, how do I, what do I do? And, you know, you're telling them, hey, you may have these barriers turned up too high and you're losing really good customers. So, you know, it, 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 
you can identify them through research and through, through reading, but it's being in them at that perfect time is the difficult part. Because it does seem, it does seem if you're a little bit early, which I tend to be, that it can be lonely for a year or two and it can be a little bit more difficult to raise. And then all of a sudden you're going, Jesus, he just raised a hundred million. He's in the exact same vertical as me. Why did I find it so hard to get my first five? That's interesting. And with that, you know, when you do find something that before it becomes the mainstream, you know, is it better to be like first to market or is it better to kind of like come second to market and, or what is like, what is the right time? Is it better to be that person that's kind of come later on and got that large scale funding or is it better to be one of the first and get that like smaller amount and build from there? I think what you'd probably find is the second guy gets the bigger check at the end because he knows all the mistakes that the first guy has made and he's ironed out most of them. Um, I think the ability to see it early and to be in there early is very helpful. And you'll either become a joint or you'll become an acquisition target, one or the other. I'm always I'm always early, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very rarely second. Um, so I, I can only speak really from the early point of view. And I think uh, I, I think what I've come to understand now, being in, you know, big company number three, is it, it is that you have to go hard and fast and it's a land grab. I probably have been guilty of that in the past of not going, not going kind of this all out at a hundred miles an hour that I was a bit contemplative where I thought more about that, but now it's, you know, we're moving at warp speed there. Wow. And, you know, you've, you've, you mentioned there that, uh, that like you have to move quickly, you have to, Grass, like obviously there's a lot of like challenges that you come across like as an entrepreneur like what do you think are some of the most common reasons where entrepreneurs fail or give up like uh, as they try to kind of grow uh, their business um, i think i think one day i think the first one is money i think uh this was it's really interesting because people look at me and look at my career and think, oh, Sisu must have been a breeze to raise money for. And it was the toughest one I've ever done. Because if you think about it, like I remember we started, we were raising money 14 months. So we got an initial seed, friend and families type thing. And, you know, then we went on the road talking to VCs and that went on forever. I remember going to... Uh, Probably there was two that stick out in my mind. One was in London, very uh, large venture firm, was run by which was run by a friend, and I kind of felt hopeful. And I bought James and Brian, uh, Doctor James and Doctor Brian Cotter, my partners in CISU. I bought them to this meeting, and uh, the meeting wasn't great. And it was their first VC experience. They came out and like it was high fiving. And, you know, my heart is telling, I don't want to tell them that was shit. And you're kind of thinking, and, you know, and, and like one of the meetings, one of those meetings uh, was in the Valley and it was largest VC in the world. Mm. And, uh, you know, you're in 
you're in the room with household names, very famous household names, and you've got to tell your story the same. And funnily enough, I thought we had done enough in that one. And uh, we got the, you know, it's not you, it's me. And I think I think that's the, for me, that's the, I remember getting that one and, you know, even getting in the room was hard. And, and to get in the room and to pitch to your best ability and to get a, you know, to get a, you know, give us a shout when you have the first one open in America. We think you're not here yet, but we're, we're certainly interested in the vertical, but come back to us. And, you know, that's kind of a, you know, a, a nice PFO. And I think that's the first place of failure always that that you give up and you think this is impossible to raise money for. And uh, I just understand now, having done it, you just have to keep going. And you, you find the person that believes in you. And I think that's where loads of people just give up. And they've then got this business, which is kind of like, um, it's kind of like the dole. It pays, it pays the wages and they might have a living, but it never does anything. No. And it never becomes anything of, you know, a scale that you really want to scale at. So that for me is the one where, and then, and then of course, the second one is partners. You know, there's three of us in this. In the past, there's been two of me and other, or me and someone else in other things. And, and, and if you're not aligned and not exactly transparent with each other all the time and both of you or the three of you understand the mission completely that's probably the other one Mm, interesting so really from what i'm hearing it's really about like kind of persevering through the challenges of like actually getting that investment and you know you're potentially going through multiple multiple rounds of people saying no 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 um, yeah. And then the second thing is like the people that you surround yourself with to kind of move and drive it forward. Yeah. And I think it's a position really where you have to understand, you know, that if it's a no, it's a quick no, move on next. And then you've got a, you know, our, our, I remember we got to know and we were in an Airbnb in San Francisco and, you know, you wouldn't want anybody else in the room that night it was hard, you know? We were in the living room, or you know, hands, heads down, and you know, I'm trying to reinvigorate and say, "Oh, I'm after getting another meeting tomorrow," and we got another pitch tomorrow, and you just have to get up tomorrow morning, and it's the first day, and you're on me, you're on me, and that's it, you know. And then I remember ringing Paddy Cosgrave and saying. Jesus, Paddy, isn't your guy out here from the fund, Patrick? Could I go meet him? And that's another meeting that day. And he's telling me, go meet someone else. And, you know, the oxygen is back in the tank and you're off and running again. And it it needs a certain kind of madness to be able to do that. You know, like you'd kind of think, you know, I've just kind of been refused so much in funding that rejection wouldn't bother me anymore, you know. I, but I'm just thinking, like you're a you're a serial entrepreneur now. Like you're this is like this is multiple businesses that you've set up. So, yeah. um, at what point do you think to yourself, like, okay, I, you know, this this is the moment that I give up, or is there even a moment that you say that you will ever say that to yourself? Do you think my final one is going to be uh, a granola? 
And then I can really say I'm a serial entrepreneur. <laughs> I like that. That's I like the, that. That's, that's, that's the egg. No, genuinely, that's the exit plan. I want to do the world's biggest breakfast, and I'm going to, I'm going to change cereal S E R I A L to C E R E A L. Nice. I like that. Also brings you to yet another industry that you're going into. <laughs> I do want to. I do want to talk to you about uh, Sisu in particular, like what you're working on right now, because like you've you've talked there about the challenges that you faced, uh, especially in like, as you kind of work to get this funding and like really expand it. Um, but I want to take it back a little bit further to the moment that you decided uh, to establish this, because obviously you're coming from like, a, like a tech background, and now you're moving into something that is a little bit more bricks and mortar, which almost feels like kind of the going against the tide of what people are kind of used to of like bricks and mortar to digital. I'd love to kind of like take us back to like, what was the moment that made you go like, Oh, this is something that I want to get involved in or something I want to disrupt. It's a, it's a super interesting thing. It's not as vague as you would think. Um, so uh, one of my best friends is a guy is a doctor, James Cotter and uh, him and his brother, uh, were doctors in Ireland. They went and both geniuses, genuinely incredibly smart people. They decided to, uh, they had done original degrees, decided to become doctors of secondary degree. Uh, Ireland was very full, but uh, it was difficult to get in. Uh, So they went and learned uh, Czech during the summer and moved to Prague and did medicine in Czech uh, in Prague University uh, with like a three-month window. So both incredible. Both came back to, and I'm sure they won't mind me telling two seconds of their story, both came back to Ireland at the middle of the last burst. And what had happened is, uh, you know, medicine in Ireland is very different to medicine in the USA and doctor's salaries are very different. You know, doctor salaries are actually quite low in Ireland. They had gotten student loans, et cetera, and struggled to pay them off. And they started doing, James started first doing Botox as a sideline. And I was living in New York, having just sold TransUnion or sold trust of two TransUnion and um, decided that uh, I was deciding about what was next. And I had this idea for a toothbrush um, that you would get the head, the electric head for free. If you remember Dollar Shave Club, which is like mm-hmm. anybody who hasn't seen the Dollar Shave Club video, go look at it. It's the best piece of marketing you will ever find in your life. Uh, so he had said, hey, these razors, these guys are great, but they're $2. My one's cheap, works just as well. And watch the video. It's amazing. So I decided that people weren't brushing their teeth or sorry, people weren't keeping or were keeping toothbrushes for too long. And it bothered me because I, I, you know, I'm a kind of a once every three months gone. So I came up with this idea for you would give people the electric part and every month you would do a D2C direct to consumer with 
or every quarter, you would give them three heads, one for each month, a tooth foam, which was very important to me. Massive research went into it. That foam was better than paste. Uh, a mouthwash, three flavors, all in the case, direct DTC. So I did an awful lot of work on it uh, in my spare time. And Liam Casey was going to make it in Shenzhen. And we we're going to build a huge DTC business. And I blinked. And uh, by the way, it's there today. It's called Quip. QUIP, but it didn't exist at the time. And I think it just raised 40 something million, but there was, it, it wasn't there. So I started looking at beauty very closely and thinking there's a trend in this. I'm early on beauty. You know, there was no uh, Kardashians, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, social wasn't really strong at the time besides Twitter. Um, Instagram didn't exist. But I thought beauty is, is starting to interest me. And I used to get the subway to Bryant Park to walk to my office. And I always saw this queue on the corner of Bryant Park. I'm going, there's a queue there every morning. I wonder what it is. And I went and looked one day and it was dry bar. And people, women were paying $65. They had washed their hair on the way to work or before they went to work and they paid $65 to get a blow dry. And I said, Jesus, there's something, this is big spending. And then I'd go home every quarter to Ireland and I'd meet James and he'd say, look, we're doing really well. They had, he then had opened his own clinic called Visage, terrible name. Every, every 80s hairdresser called their hairdressing blonde <laughs> Visage. It's French for your face. Um, and it was bright pink. And I had yeah, Jesus, James, you got to do something with the colors. But they were doing really well. And they were doing really well because of amazing service. And it was about, you know, people wanting to remove lines or things that bothered them. And I started talking to them and talking to them and talking to them. And I said, I think if we can put a brand around this, that you can build a global brand. And uh, I had worked with a guy called Gary and a brand design agency called New World best you'll ever work with and they had come up with Trustive and they had come up with they came up with Sisu and they'd done some other work for friends and I really liked them and uh, I bought the guys up and I said look we're going to build a new brand and they came up with it and we put our feelings and we'd stay with them for two days and uh, Sisu was born but it was born to scale a business that the guys had already started and started amazingly. And what I done was, you know, was bought my tech ability to it around customer acquisition, website, bots, chat bots, phone lines, you know, virtual messaging, push messaging, a platform to work behind it for multiple clinics. So I bought all that tech piece to it. They bought what they had already, which was amazing customer service. We then integrated things like uh, Google Analytics, Google My Business, uh, Forest. We moved to Forest as a back end and uh, we scaled out of there. But it was it was all built on the premise of that beauty is an incredibly emerging sector at the time. And that if you could catch that wave, and what's really interesting now is the change in the couple of years where, you know, 20% of our business is now men, which is just astonishing. And the market has changed dramatically in that it's now late millennial. 
rather than and rather than old people wanting to look young, it's people wanting to look the best version of them. Yeah, that's interesting because I was going to ask you, like, are you finding that uh, social media like Instagram and like where people are very focused on the appearance side of things and the filters that they put on, is that having an impact on like the audience then that you're seeing? Absolutely. I think I think that ability, you know, things have changed dramatically, especially over the last year. You know, there's this huge demand for this angular jaw, which is this kind of, you know, it's called uh, a Kylie. You have no problem with it. I, I'm the guy with the problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's where uh, you you can put a filler in from the bottom of your ear and you square off the jawline to have a perfect jawline. Huge demand for that. Um, there's a treatment we have called Revive. It's for under eye for those black bags. And now what you're seeing is you're seeing also this emergence of uh, a thing called the Zoom Boom. In our particular, yeah, it's in our particular vertical. At least that's what that's what we're calling it. It's uh, where people are finding, you know, oh my god, what's that? And they're looking at themselves, you know, they're looking at themselves ten hours a day on a video screen, and they can take a picture on Insta and filter it. But when they're looking at themselves live, consistently. They're finding little issues, and uh, the, this year has been uh, insane for our, our vertical, where people are mostly indoors, they're pale, and, uh, you know, they're finding these, like, we've moved towards, uh, and certainly in the last 18 months, rather than, you know, this, this, this plastic surgery type thing, it's now moved towards these very tiny, what we're calling tweakments where people just want a little tray, this line here, this one line here, that really bothers me. Can you fix it? I actually had one the other day and I'll talk people through it. I'm not going to be looking at me, but I have a scar in my forehead where I split my head. I, I split my head when I was a kid and I had a scar there. And as I'm pale, it becomes red. So uh, we lasered it off. Oh wow! So you you were a customer to your own business yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, sure. I've had Botox, so no, no problem. So you know, I was I was actually going to ask you about this because, like, one thing I noticed, like, when I was like looking into CSU was like, I actually noticed that Botox is on Google Trends is actually at an all time high. Now. Yes, and it, so is this the Zoom boom that we're seeing? Yeah, right that's now? exactly it. That's exactly what's causing it. People looking at themselves constantly and saying, hey, when I do this, these lines appear over my eyebrows. These appear in the middle. Can you guys make those go away? I'm frowning. I don't like wearing my glasses on the screen, but when I frown, I notice these. Can you fix that? Yeah, sure, no problem. Do you think we're on like a verge of like a kind of like this tweakman boom then as Absolutely. like and but very minor this what what people were we're doing exceptionally well is people come to us because they don't want to look any different so they don't want to look this inverted commas were done 
They just want this little thing fixed, but they don't want, you know, you, you, you'd you see it in New York a lot, and especially Upper East Side. I don't want this frozen look. I just Where want to look. Almost like that fake smile. Yeah, kind of like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I just want to look, the, this thing has bothered me for a while. I want to spend a little bit of money on it. I've got a bend in my nose. You know, we can fix your nose on your lunch break. No surgery, nothing. I've got this bend in my nose. I've got this thing in my eye. I've got this thing down here, a wrinkle. And these are super minor things that make people very happy when they're fixed. And that's what we do. We said genuinely, and it sounds the corniest thing of all time, we said happiness. And it's just kind of like, uh, because I want to... I want to touch on this, like in regards to the, the the consumers themselves here, because like one thing that I'm thinking of here is that like I know myself, it's like um, you know whenever you know I'm one of those people that as soon as I spot a problem, I'll go ahead and fix it. But as soon as I fix that problem, I'll find something else. So like like I, I imagine that a lot of these people are not just kind of coming in for like one tweak wins. They're coming in like kind of regularly coming in or coming in going like. Hey, listen, like, uh, it's been like a year since my last treatment. I'm starting to look my age now. Uh, I need to reverse that trend. It's my 35th birthday. Let's just say I need to look 30 again, kind of thing. I imagine that the, 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 the kind of the repeat and the lifetime value there is, is quite strong then. We have, uh, people don't. So people, when I, when I went into this business, people were scratching their heads thinking, I know he's a bit risque, but this is bonkers. And what, what's really interesting about it is I'm actually in software as a service. That's what our business is. Because if you think about it, if you get Botox on January 1st, you need Botox uh, on, on April 1st, it's gone. So it only lasts for 90 days. So... You, you have to get Botox four times a year. So that's the SaaS part of the business. As part of that, as you age, you will need to spend more. So what you've got is you've got an incredibly positive cash flow SaaS business that increases spend as you retain the customer patient. So it, it, it's the only SaaS business that I know of where you scale the customer without the customer doing anything. So we're in, we're, we're in, we're in LTV at the moment. We're only two years old, but we're in calculated LTV of circa mid five figures. Wow. Wow. So you've got to, so now what you've got to do is it, it's like any funnel SaaS business. Watch your cost of acquisition, watch your first margin. And, and, and then it's acquire and retention, acquire and retention, and it's filling a funnel. So that's what we've built. We've built a tech platform that acquires and retains patients and we give them amazing service, you know, and, very few businesses I know with 3,100 five-star reviews. So like, so it sounds like that the, the service element, not just the actual 
product, so to speak, but the service element is actually a, a big, big portion as to why. The service element I, is the only thing. Yeah. We're, we're, we're insanely uh, detail-orientated, my two partners. I obviously make sure that people are where they say they are and everybody's happy, but they, as doctors, hire more doctors and train more doctors and ensure that the service in the room, which I know nothing about, is absolutely perfect and people have an amazing service. And that leads to, you know, it leads to five-star reviews, but also leads to um, people talking to people about us, which leads to new, new patients. So when it comes to, you know, not just with CC, but just in general, because I know that like coming from your tech background, it's like a lot of what you were thinking as well about was like, how to make sure that um, there was an ease of use for you, uh, for the customers or for the end users, so to speak. So how would you come into um, an industry where, you know, hasn't really been like shaken up for a while? Um, and how do you kind of look at the existing experience and go, we're going to improve on this. We're going to make it even better for people and get these thousands upon thousands of five-star reviews. Well, I think it's like everything else, you know, Uber for Botox, you know, like you imagine the process of arriving in a new city or a new country today and wanting to get back to the airport at 4 a.m. to leave after your visit and trying to find a phone number and think about a taxi. And that's not that long ago. So it's identify large scale problem identify problems in this in in the delivery of the supply and then fill the gaps with incredible experiences and ensure that your patients customers clients make sure that they've had an incredible experience that they talk about you and that they're willing to give you a reference and you know it's it's very it's really very interesting uh when patients come in to see our doctors are always asked, where did you hear about us? And it could have been Insta or TikTok or any one of our acquisition channels, or it could have been a beauty magazine, but they will have always, always hundred percent have read the references. Mm. I'm kind of like thinking of this as almost like, I'm thinking of like Sisu almost like alongside like Warby Parker where you know, you go in and you're like, hey, on my way to work or on my lunch break, I'm going to go uh, just sort this out and like uh, exactly. put my put my name in online, walk in, job done, like I'm out and back on my desk. In, had, in, in Cork yesterday, we had three walk-ins for Botox. Three walk-ins. Just people wandering past. Oh, I wonder what that is. Botox. Oh, yeah, I'll give that a go. So like literally no like kind of like oh I've I've contacted I've shopped around just like oh interesting. We had a lady last week in one of our Dublin clinics I can't name the location was going to the post office called in always was thinking about it but just thought about it that morning and spent twenty one hundred euros. Wow. Thirty minutes. So, it, like, it, it seems like that is part of like it, this experience. Like, you're removing those kind of barriers to uh, barriers to people, kind of like actually stepping forward. Because I, I know, like, I, I vaguely. Well, you mentioned. I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. You mentioned two very interesting things, Warby. So I remember arriving in New York. 
I wear reading glasses. Uh, arriving in New York, Warby had just launched. And I'm thinking, this is going to be insane. The experience here is going to be something different. So off down to Warby in the village, whatever one, I can't remember where it was exactly. And it was a trendy opticians. I mean, it's an opticians. I saw an optician. Okay, the kid who sold me the glasses was wearing Ralph Lauren and a white coat and, you know, a pair of trendy shoes, but it was still an opticians. And because I have a very, very focused prescription, it was the same price as my normal opticians. The experience was different. The web is different. The way they were sent to me, the push message notification. Hey, your glasses just got made, Pat. The same thing with, you know, I remember getting braces and there were the double train tracks and they drove me nuts. And now it's just get, get an appointment with direct smile. We'll scan your mouth. You're, you'll be sent uh, one set of retainers on a Monday, another set the following Wednesday week. The experience has changed. So I think with CSU, we can be as big as either of those. The only thing that can change that is us not getting it right. But I think we're in I think we're in the perfect space to be another Warby, to be another direct smile, to be another candid co, to be, you know, there are a number of them. I love that. And you know, when when I'm thinking about that, I'm also kind of thinking like uh you've You've kind of taken, uh, we've kind of talked about this, but you're taking an industry that's been there for a while. Like, I mean, when I was doing some research into this, I was trying to find like where I live in New York, like if there's any kind of like beauty clinics that do Botox and like, it was almost like you have to go into this building, go up to the third floor. And it's like, uh, it was almost like you really need to do your research to like, know it's, where a, kind to, of, you know? it's a kind of a secret. Yeah. And you know what we find now, I mean, or, you know, our references are open to the public. You'll see le- people leaving Google reviews with their real name, with their picture on it. I remember when we started two years ago, it would be Ma- Mary Smith left no comments, but five stars. And now it's like, hey, I was in with Brian. I was in with James. What a wonderful experience. I've been in before for Botox. And this time I got my lips done. And here's a picture of the patient. And hey, nothing. Almost like people are sharing their before and after photos. Exactly. We've loads of befores and afters. Like there's tons of amazing befores and after on our on our Insta. And people are just, this isn't a big thing. I, You know, I get a nice haircut. Like you're in New York. You're a woman in New York getting a haircut. You're not paying much more for Botox if you're going to a, an upmarket. Base. I don't know about you, but even my barber in New York, yeah, I'm probably not going to be paying much more uh, to get Botox yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, so, so, and that's the way we look at it. And we look at, you know, everybody now has a nice smile. They've got nice skin. They've got nice hair. And it, if something small bothers them and it's three to 500 bucks, who cares? Be the best, be the best version of you. And that's what we keep hearing. So it's almost like, hey, make me look like my Instagram filter. Yeah, 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 we've had that. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. So you've really come in and like, it, it, it sounds like that you've applied your kind of the digital backgrounds, the tech background that you've had, and like being able, able to overlay this onto an industry that 
maybe hasn't experienced that yet? I think something that's been a kind of a sleeping joint. I think there's it's probably a 20 to 30 billion dollar business that has up to now been, you know, it's probably been the doctor's house in the Hamptons or the nice holiday every year, a couple of times a year, a bit of cash. And uh, I think we're perfectly poised, as I said, and I keep harping on on this because it's it, it's the ambition. I think we're perfectly poised, you know, to be a war beer, to be a direct smile. Uh I presume more will go public shortly. I know direct smile are public. So I think it's that kind of a it's that kind of an acquisition route that we're on. From everything that you're saying, and also like as I mentioned from the trends, it feels like that you're you're onto something again here. Um you know, we we talked about your the cereal entrepreneurship that maybe your final step will actually come up with a granola or some kind of cereal. But uh in the meantime, like when you're kind of looking at like you're you're kind of taking on the beauty industry, you're kind of, um, you know, you see it as a seeping giant, but it's it's in need of like kind of flipping on its head or making more uh, mainstream. Like, if I'm like an entrepreneur right now, like, and you know, uh, if I'm looking at like potential industries, are there any other industries that you've thought to yourself? I'd love to like take a shot at something there, or I know that there's something there that needs to be done. I think the next big one, there's two. Health and wellness is going to be personalized medicine, a ghost kitchen. Oh my God, so much opportunity. Ghost kitchen. So in other words, like meal delivery services. Uh, Yeah, but you don't have a restaurant. You build it in an industrial estate in Astoria, no front of house, and you build multiple brands in one place. So it's Joey's Famous Burgers, uh, I don't know, Paolo's Italian Pizzas, Louis' Noodles, and they're all cooked in exactly the same place, which is a warehouse, which costs you nothing. There's not the big development cost of a restaurant. And... uh, you're able to supply a wider area. You're able to cook much faster because you're not trying to cook for a restaurant and takeaway at the same time. And you're able to cook multiple brands. And I think the real opportunity there for me is that there's a big opportunity around creating pull-push brands so that if you can create the best burger in New York from your ghost kitchen, well, if you sell X hundred of thousands of burgers per month... Wouldn't that lead you to open a restaurant in the areas where your burger is the most popular? Yeah. Interesting. So, you know, when it comes to when it comes to that, then, you know, it feels like that there is a potential avenue there to move from ghost kitchens into your final cereal uh, startup as like an (laughs) end goal. So it goes like beauty, wellness and fitness. Uh, ghost kitchens, and then cemeteries. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, well, I think that's another one. That's another one that needs the biggest fixing of all times. You really? You think so? Yes. Funerals. Oh, yeah. terrible. Disorganized. You know, I, I, I think big opportunities there as well. I think with the same families for 
decades. Huge opportunity for, uh, actually, there's a very famous Oliver Payton, who was a very famous Irish entrepreneur in the 80s and 90s, had very big restaurants in London, has just moved into the funeral home business. I can't remember the name of the brand, but he's opened on the high street in, I think, Fulham or, or King's Road in London. That's interesting. Well, you know, you got to live and you got to die. There's loads of people die every day. I, it's interesting because, again, it's taking an industry that people just almost like take for granted. It's yeah. like it's been there for years. It's like it's part of our everyday life. And you're taking an industry like that and saying, how do we improve this process? How do we simplify this or add to it to make it like just that better experience? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, that's amazing. Like, so I know, so firstly, I finally, I just want to say like, Pat, thank you so much for taking out the time. Cause I, with everything that you're doing and with Sisu and with like the recent, uh, um, the recent partnerships and everything else that's going on in Florida, I know you're exceptionally busy. And again, we're right before Christmas recording this. So I know that there's probably other things going on in the yeah, household. You guys, well. you guys like digital Irish. I went to New York with a, you know, Ian Sigalow got me a seat with a load of Russian guys and Fergal in Digital Irish, got Fergal Kenny in Glenbourne, got me my first sales guy. I knew no one. Fergal introduced me to people. So, you know, this is not doing something for the sake of my health. It's doing something to people who've been amazing to me. And people forget that, you know, that, like I was talking to Fergal today or now by email, but, you know, I know if he picked up the phone and I need his sales guy tomorrow, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, people were, people were bloody great to me when I arrived there and didn't know my arse from my elbow, you know? I think that's just, you've touched on something, which I think is like, it's for the wider Irish community, I think. Like, it just, when I, when I moved to New York as well, it's like, I spent... I had that mindset of like, I'm going to do it on my own. And like, you know, after a few months, I realized like, uh, you know, I can't do it on my own. Network here quick. Yeah. And it's like, you know, when you actually, when you actually like meet the community, it's just filled with people that want to help out, want to support. The Irish in New York are so helpful. I mean, good people, you know. It's funny as well, because I think like, uh, um, whenever I've gone to like not just digital Irish events, but just general like Irish networking events, and like um, it's also amazing like how quickly things can happen. Where it's like yeah. if you, so you say to somebody, you say something innocuous to somebody, it's like, oh yeah, I'm looking for, I'm looking to hire somebody, and then they're like, I know the perfect person. Let me just, they're over there actually. Like, let me bring them over to you. <laughs> you just find O'Sheen Hanran, and he'll. Generally know everybody and you're off and running, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think that's a, that's also a great plug for me to like, say like, you know, make sure to uh, check out the digital Irish network, check out our events as they come up. Um, but for now, Pat, I just want to thank you so much again for taking out the time. This has been really, really fascinating. I think like it sounds like 2021 is going to be an incredible year. Uh 
for Sisu. And hopefully we can actually get you back on maybe this time next year to kind of hear how things have progressed. And uh, Funeral homes are serial. Funeral homes are serial. Uh, (laughs) Well, I I mean... Maybe, maybe you never know. Knowing this community, somebody's going to listen to this and go, "Right, I'm on it." Yeah, uh, and they are. Like I love. I used to do this thing every Saturday morning, where you know, I, 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 I sorry, but once a month on Twitter, I give away business ideas. Can someone please? Can someone please do this? It needs fixing. See, if I was going to do that, I'd probably say like, I'll only charge five percent. Give it because you know there's so many things that need to be fixed that you know it's not my responsibility to fix them all, but there are so many. And like if if people always ask me, you know, what what would you do next? I'd look at something big that's broken and just bring amazing processes. Yeah. It sounds like they well, you've already given like five ideas there. You've got like health and well-being you've gotten uh ghost kitchens you've gotten cereal and you've gotten uh uh you've gotten funeral Funeral homes (laughs) so it's an interesting mix you've come a long way you've come a long way from the internet of things i'll give you that much yeah 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 a long way from being a butcher in cork (laughs) we didn't even get to that um wow that's amazing well, Pat, uh, again, thank you so much uh, for your time. Uh, and uh, hopefully we can do this again soon and check in on Sisu. Thanks, Dave. And thanks to everybody in Digital Irish. Massive thank you to Pat Phelan for joining for this episode of the Digital Irish Podcast. And thank you for listening in today. If you have any feedback or any suggestions on how we can improve this podcast, please email us at hello at digitalirish.com. You can also find out more about the Digital Irish Network by going to digitalirish.com or going onto social media and using hashtag digital Irish. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe and review. That will really help us get up in the rankings there. And you can also subscribe to us on all major podcasting platforms. Again, thank you so much for listening and hope to catch you next time.